Michael, how was your trip to the United, well, kind of United States of America? No, they're still united. Uh, are we? <laughs> well, what is it? Under, what is it? United under One nation God, under right? God. One nation under God, that's mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, it was great, man. Uh, in true, like, analog history, it feels like it's happening now. I, I landed uh, four hours ago. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so this is going to get weird towards the end probably so <laughs> got that going for you yeah i was at the atlanta pen show um which was amazing uh this was a particularly emotional one for me for like a bunch of different reasons there's a lot going on but one of the big things was this is the fifth time we've done it which is kind of crazy uh that we've been doing it for this long but yeah five years in a row uh every single year me and brad and uh, we'll get together and we have uh, Anna Reinert, who's an incredible um, person, uh, pen blogger and, she, and and podcaster, and we always have her join us for the live episodes. It's just a mm. tradition that we have. We refer to her as our third host. She's on the show a bunch of times a year. Mm -hmm. um, so we got to do that together again, which was great. Um, and, you know, it's become a thing which is, over time, is like of increasing importance to me because, like, I know so many people there now. I have so many friends that I only ever see then mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just it was just a great experience the whole thing was was perfectly done and we recorded a great episode of the pen addict we recorded a great episode of ungenius um there's like a little warm-up because steven was there with his brother mark because they shoot the video that we give to kickstarter backers because we do a kickstarter campaign for all of this which includes like a video version of the episode mm -hmm. so yeah, it was great, man. Like I, I was really, really happy with, with how everything went. So, so does it? Is it feeling roughly equivalent? Like obviously, it's it's, a, it's analogous to WWDC, but does it feel equivalent? Like, are you as excited for this as you are for WWDC? Is that like picking your favorite child? Is that unfair? Like, it's not the same because WWDC carries with it. Like, you're about to find out what the next six months of your life includes. Mm, right mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and wwd and, and so like the atlanta pen show doesn't have that like there's no keynote where someone's announcing all the new pens right like so it's different in that regard but like for the and also it's way more chill than wwdc is i mean like to give you a kind of an idea right like so the pen show is like there's a couple of ballrooms um in the hotel and people are selling their wares there effectively and then people are coming and they're buying stuff and typically that's all it was you'd come for a day and you'd leave but then over time as kind of like the podcast and creative community has uh, been established around not just the atlanta pen show but many more people are coming and staying for the whole weekend because they now have friends that, and they'll go do things and you know everyone hangs out in the bar in the evening like it's become more of a like pen camp i guess more than, <laughs> like than a pen show uh so that but wwdc is like basically more of a party vibe okay right because there's a bunch of live events going on i mean we have the one podcast but like it's way more chill than what we do right um so like when you know we have these like big theaters with hundreds and hundreds of people right that, that we do the, at wwdc where in the pen addict it's like 100 people in a basically more like the room that you used to do your show in at AltConf, right? Which has a different feel to it, to what it's going to be like this year at Hammer, where it, from my experience, it's going to feel like a more put together thing, 
Right. Um, so like, but but like, yeah. So it's it's like it's much more chill. And then WWDC, there's so much going on. Um, mentioning WWDC, we've got to pull one out for social policy, right? Oh yeah. So for those who aren't aware, WWDC is you know the big Apple event, and that happens in June every year. And, and Mike and I have been going. I've been going since 2011. You've been going since 12. Is that right? That sounds about right. I I could work it out, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. So we've been going for a long time. And up until I think 2016 was the last year was in San Francisco proper. And uh, this the last couple of years, it's been in San Jose. And the particular area of San Jose where the conference is and the conference center is, it's not very big. There's not that much to do. And right in between two of the very popular hotels for WW attendees was this coffee place, coffee shop called Social Policy which had actually very good food, and I've understood it to have good coffee, as long mm-hmm. as you're willing to wait a calendar year to receive it. Some of the it. worst service ever. Like, it's become a meme at this point with, like, kind of our general community. But, like, I'm not kidding. You, The line was always to the door, and the line, if you got... The line would take 25 minutes sometimes to get... And, like, this is not a lot. This is, like, a line of, like, maybe 30 people. Um, so it would take you about 20, 25 minutes, and then you would could be waiting upwards of 45 minutes for your food to come, which is right. crazy for like a brunch coffee place, right? Yeah. But this is just slow, and it's because this part of San Jose, pretty sleepy is my is my kind of guess for most of the time. But then there are like these influxes of people at certain times. And even though there's like convention centers and all that kind of stuff, I actually don't know if this place particularly will be always as busy as it is during WWDC. But uh, it has been kind of passed around over the last couple of days that this place has now gone out of business. Um, So now all we have to do is hope that somebody comes in and buys this place and opens it up within like the next six weeks and it's just another (laughs) good coffee shop. Because that's all this place can be, right? Like it is a coffee shop or a restaurant, so... My hope would be that, like, they, they maybe their rent was put up because somebody else wanted to come in. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It w- it was also really nice because it had a really lovely and relative relatively spacious outdoor seating area. So mm-hmm. if you, I don't know, I hope it doesn't sound self involved. I don't mean it to, but if you wanted to, as as me or as just a regular person or as someone who's in the area, if you wanted to be seen and see who was hanging out, you could just sit in the outdoor area. Yeah, or maybe a, a, a better way to put it would be like if you wanted to catch up with a bunch of people during the day. Right, you could just kind of like pitch up there for yeah. a few hours, yeah, yeah. and people will come come and go, which is what we would all do. So it's a it is a great shame to lose one of the nicer places there. I mean, there's still good food there, and I mean, like, and there's still good coffee options. Like, there is a Phil's Coffee, which is a little bit further down the road. There is a Starbucks there, which is like my tip right now. Starbucks has a new thing called the Blonde Espresso. Um, it's like an additional thing, and it's. It's much nicer. I think it's a lighter roast. I, I think that Starbucks' roast is too dark a lot of the time. So if you don't like Starbucks, if you find it to be bitter or burnt tasting, try the Blonde Espresso. That's made it much more palatable for me recently. This comes from having drunk Starbucks coffee for the last four days because where the, <laughs> where the uh, basically I would have a choice between Waffle House or Starbucks. Because we don't really that we don't really leave the little area that the the hotel is in Atlanta, so I've been drinking a lot of Starbucks coffee over the last few days, and blonde the blonde espresso. I don't know that I've ever been to Waffle House ever. I am not above it by any stretch. I just don't think I've ever been. I actually didn't go this year for the first time. I would always go. There. I mean, you just go there because it's in the parking lot of the hotel. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, 
but uh, I didn't go this year. There was no particular reason for it. I just didn't do it. Yeah. I'd have to try it sometime. But yeah, pour one out for social policy. Um, but I am glad that Atlanta went well. Uh, anything else you would like to add about that? I guess one one little thing, which is like tangential. So yeah, like it was amazing. I had a great time. Loved it. People were incredible as always. We get such kind people. They give us gifts and it's just amazing. Right? Like me and Brad are so lucky to be a part of a community like this one um, with the Pen Addict. It's, it's not the biggest audience that I have, but like it certainly feels like it sometimes mm-hmm. because of how, the outpouring of support that we get always, um, which is what makes it so amazing. And I can't wait because we're doing it again in San Francisco in August. So we're going to the San Francisco Pen Show, which is my first time. Um, so I'm really excited for that. That's what the Kickstarter was for this year for both shows. So I'm very excited for that one. Um, but yeah, there was one thing. So this past weekend... Uh, was WrestleMania, ah, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a bummer for me because I really wanted to go because it was in, they call it in the shadows of New York City. It was in New Jersey. For some reason, they refuse to acknowledge that it's in New Jersey. It was at the MetLife Center, in, like the, the baseball stadium. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just kind of funny that they, they call it basically New York, New Jersey or in the shadows of New York. I don't know why they seem to have a problem with New Jersey, but they, they do. And I was going to go this year that was like the plan i was like oh great like i love new york um i, I will go like it's a, it's a place that i like to be and it's also like professionally useful to be in new york sometimes yep but then the atlanta pen show was announced to be the exact same weekend womp womp. so couldn't go but i have managed to stay spoiler free Oh, okay. How? There was an event on Friday and there was an event on Sunday. And so far, I have remained completely spoiler-free of these. And I have gone to like just extreme lengths. I mean, and this is like how, what you have to do these days to be spoiler-free from something. So I created an Apple note of which I listed all of the accounts on Instagram that I unfollowed or muted. <laughs> <laughs> because I will then need to refollow or unmute them when the show is done. I muted a bunch of people on Twitter and every potential variation of a hashtag that I could think of for WrestleMania. Have not looked at Reddit, not opened my Reddit app. And Google Chrome has like these suggested stories or whatever, right? I've had to hide that because Google's smart enough to know I like wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't look at the explore tab on Instagram because it would definitely show me pictures of the winners. Right. That's pretty intense. But it worked though, which I can't believe. I cannot believe I've been able to maintain it. But like I watched some of the the event whilst in the airport because I was in (laughs) I was in Atlanta airport for seven hours yesterday. Why? (sighs) My flight was at 10 p.m. Everybody else's flights was at 2 p.m. And Brad needed to go home. So, like, mm-hmm. I just decided mm-hmm. to go to the airport. But, like, it wasn't the worst thing because I could just find a place, pitch up, and just watch WrestleMania, which is what I did, right? So, yeah, it was like, this is actually all I want to do right now. <laughs> anyway, it's just go find a seat and watch WrestleMania. So, like, Atlanta Airport, it's the international terminal is one of the weirdest airports I've ever been in. In what way? It's, like, super big, but there's nothing in it. Oh, they have like three like little restaurant things, but like there's part of like a food court. Has a couple of stores. It has two different lounges, one that you can pay to go in, which is not a lot of money. And then it's just like this huge rotunda of just unused space. It's a very weird. 
I'm always surprised about the international terminals. Like, don't even get me started about San Francisco's international terminal. It's like one of the worst airport terminals I've ever been in my life. There's just like nothing in it. It's gotten slowly better over time. They've added like a couple of restaurants in, but like that is a bad airport terminal. Considering that like San Francisco uh, domestic, the terminal's great. It has loads of options, but international's wild. But yeah, so I will, after we're finished here today, uh, I'll hang out with Adina for a little bit and she then she's going to the gym and then I will finish watching WrestleMania. So I'm very excited about it. I'm glad your uh, full media blackout copyright a few years ago, Todd Vaziri, has worked. I was really surprised. I spent a lot of time thinking about it beforehand. Like, what do I need to actually do? So then I spent like a couple of days, like if I saw someone I was like, oh yeah, you talk about wrestling. Mute. <laughs> I can't talk to you right now. Because there's also like a lot of people in the games press watch wrestling as well. It seems like an interesting crossover. So I had to mute everyone. It's, it's been an experience. Plus, I just haven't been. Able, I mean, it was. It didn't. It wasn't too difficult. Because I also, when I'm traveling like this, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter anyway. So basically, just by minimizing my usage and having a bunch of mutes in place, I was able to keep keep spoiler free. Excellent. Talking about spoilers. Talking about spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled next week. Um, we're gonna we're gonna return to Mike at the movies for a movie called Ronin, mm-hmm. which I don't know anything about. It's nineteen ninety eight, Robert De Niro, and other people that you will recognize. And I don't want to say too much more. Uh, it is one of my favorite movies. It is different. I will tell you right now, it is a different movie, but it is one of my favorites. I really love this movie, and I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I think I was talking to you about something wildly unrelated, and then some. And I had asked about had you ever seen Ronin or I had made a reference to Ronin or something like that. And you were like, dude, I've never seen that. And well, the uh, unofficial official rule of Mike at the movies is that Jason gets the eighties. I get the nineties and this ekes in at 1998. So we are good to go. I'm excited. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much personally at this point, I'm ready to abolish the date period thing and we just do first come first serve but you and jason can find that out if you want to no no no. i actually agree and there have been a couple of 80s movies that i've wanted to do and i've actually said to you and jason like if we wanted to keep this unsaid but said rule going like i'm happy to do a joint mic at the movies but re- in reality it doesn't really matter I think at this point that they fall into pretty buckets, right? Like the type of movies that Jason wants to do and the type of movies that you want to do typically are different. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so we're going to watch Ronan on our next episode, um, which we will be recording in like two weeks time, but it will be out on like the 28th of April or something. So you got a couple of weeks to watch it. Is it a long movie? Just under, or just barely over two hours, 121 okay. minutes. So it's not, it's not terrible. I love Robert De Niro, and in the image, he's holding a gun, which tells me it's it might be something like police related. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but I want to I want to spoil, but I'm not gonna. I mean, I I love De Niro in gangster movies, and I don't think that this would necessarily be too far of a push from it. But we'll see. So I'm excited. Yep, I will say before everyone emails us, it is not from what I can tell on American Netflix. It is available for rent on Amazon Prime. I did not look at iTunes, but I'm sure it is there too. If it's on Amazon Prime, it's probably it's probably on iTunes. Excuse me, I'm sorry. It's not on Amazon Prime. I misspoke. It is available to rent on Amazon. I'm sorry. Um, it is available to rent for $4. Yeah, it's also available uh, on iTunes in the UK to buy, which is what I will probably do because it's only £9. Okay, so it's a it's a good movie. I like it a lot, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be asking Mike to watch it. But we'll see what he thinks. It's been a while since we've done a Mike in a Movies, you and me. What was the last one we did? 
Was it all the Firefly stuff, or did we do something after that? It was. It would have been the Firefly stuff. We haven't done anything since then because I kind of needed a break. <laughs> what are you trying to say there, man? No, it's just like that <laughs> was. A, it was a lot, right? I'm kidding, I'm like kidding. It, that was a lot. So. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was Serenity, of course, which was the film that you know was yes. at the end of Firefly. Good call. Actually, that was over a year. Golly, that was January first, twenty eighteen. Holy smokes! We're gonna talk about this later on. Because we have a question later on that will come up about about that whole thing. So All let's right. pause that for a minute. And we'll thank Linode for their support. Uh, with Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. You can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Linode serve their customers with the help of 10 data centers spread across the globe. And they're about to add more. Mumbai, India, and Toronto, Canada will both have data centers before 2020. Linode features native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors, meaning you're able to serve your customers even faster than before. And so you don't have to stress about overspending. Linode have designed their pricing tiers to feature hourly billing with the added bonus of a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and no balances. So you know what you're spending and you won't go over, which I think is really cool. Linode has great pricing options that are available to suit everyone. Their plans start at one, with one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And they have a special offer for listeners of this show. You can go to linode.com slash analog and use the promo code analog2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. If you pick up the one gigabyte of RAM plan, it's going to get you four free months of service. Linode have a seven-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash analog, linode.com slash analog, and use the promo code analog2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So I saw you on Instagram and you were like wearing a, some kind of sports related shirt and making weird faces. Uh-huh. And then somebody sent me a tweet of like a basketball court and being like, you're going to talk about us on analog. So I'm sure something's happened uh, that is of interest. I did see uh, Brad was showing me, this has got nothing to do with it, but Brad was showing me uh, a video of some baseballers having a fight, which was fun. Oh, cool. What uh, what was going on with you in sports? Right. So I used to be a really big basketball fan. That's the uh, the professional basketball, you know, the NBA. I used to watch that a lot because when I was a kid, I used to play basketball like casually. And I used to live outside Chicago. And I lived outside Chicago right when the Chicago Bulls had just won their first championship. That was who Michael Jordan played for, right? Exactly right. And so Michael Jordan was there. Scottie Pippen was there. You know, eventually Rodman showed up. It was a very pivotal time, I would argue, in basketball. And were they your team? Yeah, because I lived outside Chicago and because they were winning and because I was like eight years old or 10 or whatever. I like that you I like that you said because they were winning. I have great respect for you for saying that. <laughs> Thanks. Right, because well, that's the kind of thing that people try and pretend, right? They're like, oh, no, I love them for it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I've been fans of them forever. Uh, but sometimes people just, just pick the team because the team is doing really good. Yeah, the question is, if I start paying attention to the NBA again would I re-adopt the Bulls? Because not only am I not anywhere near Chicago anymore, but last I'd heard, they are not very good anymore. <laughs> so in, in the UK, there is a phrase for this, um, which is called glory hunting. Oh, mm-hmm. So if you, if you start supporting like Manchester United after they win the FA Cup, right? Mm-hmm, that be, mm-hmm. They become your team. You're a glory hunter. Like you're just looking for, you, you want to support the team that's doing the best. 
Yeah, yeah. There's like uh, Fairweather fans, I think the American equivalent. That, yeah. that I've heard that used too, like Fairweather. That's also used here too. Yeah, so the, the reason it's all relevant is because after we left the Chicago area and after Michael Jordan retired for the first of his four retirements, whatever it was, I just kind of <laughs> fell out of love. Before the baseball stint. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I kind of fell out of love with basketball. All right, I'm, I, maybe that's not the right way to put it, but I just stopped paying attention. And when I went to college, this is typically when people start paying attention to basketball and other sports again, because now you're in an environment where you have plenty of time and not a lot to do. You know, of course you're supposed to be doing schoolwork, but if you're anything like me, you're avoiding it. And so I got really into football because the school I went to Virginia tech, this was when Michael Vick was there before he started a dogfighting ring. And you know, we were really what? good. Yeah. So the quarterback of Virginia tech this is go. This is, I kept telling Mike, this is going to be quick. This is going to be quick. And look where we're, we're going, going deep now. Yeah, we're going deep now. Okay. So in 1999, Virginia Tech went to the national championship game for football. This is completely unrelated to basketball, but for football. I arrived at Virginia Tech at 20, in the year 2000. And at that point, Michael Vick was still our quarterback. He was the quarterback in 99. He was still the quarterback in 2000. And at that point, we were really, really, really good at football. Eventually, Michael Vick left after the after my freshman year, the year the 2000 football season. He went on to be a professional uh, quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of Atlanta, and a couple of years later, it was discovered that he was running an illegal dogfighting ring, like either oh out of God. his house or like out of a cousin's house or something like that. And he ended up going to jail for it. And he tried playing football a little bit afterwards, but he was never quite the same subsequently. Um, yeah. So anyway, so when I was at school with all this time and nothing to do, we had an incredible football team. And so I paid a lot of attention to football and I fell more in love with football than I had ever had previously, despite having always at least paid a little bit of attention to professional football. Well, at the time that I was at school, our basketball team was terrible. It was not very good. And so I didn't really pay much attention. I went to probably five games over the course of four years, but I didn't pay that much attention. Well, now, you know, fast forward almost 20 years. Good God. And Aaron is an alum. My wife, Aaron, is an alum of the University of Virginia, which coincidentally is Virginia Tech's big rival. But we have had season tickets to Virginia football games uh, for five-ish years now, something like that, uh, since before Declan. So it must have been five, six years because it's only an hour away from us. And even though Virginia football is getting better, it's typically pretty crummy. They're not a very good team, but it's only an hour away. It's a really great way to spend a fall or fall morning slash afternoon. And we really enjoy going. And Declan has come to enjoy it when he has the opportunity to go to. Mm -hmm. But of course, Aaron's a big UVA fan in every respect. And UVA, unlike tech up until recently, has a very good basketball team. And over the last few weeks, UVA has been playing in what we call March Madness, which is to say the, the college basketball tournament. And through a series of impossibly, impossibly exciting and good and terrifying and stressful basketball games, as of about 11 and a half hours ago, as I sit here right now, the University of Virginia men's basketball team is the national championship in men's college basketball. Wow. They are, they are, they are the champions. I think I said championship. But they are the champions in men's college basketball. They won it all uh, through a series of events that is improbably impossible. Last year, they were the number one seed, which is to say they were one of the best four teams in the country. I think it's four teams in the country as they entered the tournament and lost to a number 16 seed, which is to say they were not the worst in the country because they were in the championship tournament, but they were 
pretty not good. And so they they were supposed to go all the way last year. They lost in the very first round. Everyone made fun of them, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward to this year, to 11 and a half hours ago, and they are the national champions. And so I just wanted to recognize that even though it's my kind of job as a Hokie, which is to say an alum of Virginia Tech to hate UVA, I have refined my ways over the last 12, 13, 14, whatever years I've been Fell together with Aaron. Yeah, right. They were a fan, everyone. There he goes. Like, oh, I'm supposed to hate them, but now I love them. (laughs) No, I I assure you, if you had seen the last six years of UVA UVA football, you would know I am not a Fairweather fan (laughs) because it's been rough. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, we watched this whole tournament and I have started to fall back in love with basketball because in so many ways, it's so much a better sport than football. It's a great sport. It's so much fun. Oh, man, it was such an incredible run. Like the last three games, UVA had no business winning. I tend to be a little bit of chicken little when I'm watching sports, but I looked at Aaron in each of these three games. I looked at Aaron at least two or three times in each game and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's just no way for this to happen. It's it's just not possible. And each time they made it work. And in in the championship game, they went to overtime and won it in overtime. Now, to be fair, they won it pretty big in overtime, but getting to overtime, like they were, UVA had been up by 10 at one point, then they were down by a few, and then they tied it the last second to make it to go to overtime. Oh my, if I've probably lost 15 years off my life, if there's a limited amount of heartbeats. I feel like if you're going to watch sports, it should make you feel like that. Yes, I agree, but it's stressful, man. I know it's so stressful. Right, no, it's super stressful, but like that's every time I've ever been interested in some kind of sporting event, it's because of that roller coaster. Otherwise, it's just boring to me. Like that's the, the I want to feel invested like that. Yep, I completely agree. And so uh, this was an incredible an incredible run by UVA. I'm I'm really really excited and Aaron of course is overjoyed and and it's just been a lot of fun. I mean, they were just really great games. And I watched a lot of basketball when I was a kid. And there were some impossibly good games, just improbably impossibly good games. And for my recollection, which admittedly is quite shoddy, I don't remember uh, a a, a two or three of these last, you know, handful of games EVA has played have been the most exciting basketball games I've ever seen in my life. They were just incredible. So I just wanted to to spend a moment and and acknowledge UVA's men's basketball team because they were incredible this entire year. And, and it's been very, it's just been tremendous fun to watch. Good. Meanwhile, uh, I have never been more tired. I think in my entire life, (laughs) that's not really true. Basketball partying. Well, I wish, um, but no, what, what had happened was we knew that UVA was playing their championship game Monday night. And unfortunately Sunday night, we had a series of strange events, and I'm going to kind of gloss over the details in case this sort of thing, talking, if, in case talking about illness makes you ill. But suffice it to say, uh, Sunday evening as we were preparing uh, Michaela's bath, she um, lost some of her stomach contents. Um, she And I'm trying to be as oblique as I can without... Well, it's good, man. As far as I want you to go. Appreciate it. But yep, just she's sick. There we go. We'll go with that. She had a sick, to use a Britishism. Is that right? Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, you get the that's idea. That's not so, true at all, but yeah, sure. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, she she got sick, uh, and that was not good. And then she seemed okay after that. And, you know, mo- uh, no, no, I'm sorry. She had a little bit of issues once during the night, but mostly was okay. Declan was fine as he was going to bed. Then in the middle of the night, he had a uh, a little bit of a bladder control issue, which is extraordinarily rare for him. And then he got sick, which was probably related. And so we were up all night long with Declan, just 
he was sick on and off all night and I just felt terrible for him. It had been four, he's almost four and a half. This is, so as I think about my future, this is one of the things that really like makes me feel uncomfortable or like nervous of like dealing with those situations. Yeah. Because I don't know how well I would be to, to be able to like take care of gross things whilst <laughs> also trying to be able to balance my emotions for feeling bad for yeah. the child. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the things I think about a lot is like, I don't know. And I guess everyone's like this. Right. But like, I just don't know how well I will deal with that kind of stuff. And I know it's like, well, ultimately it's your job to, so you will deal with it. Um, but, yeah, I just think about it as being something where I'm like, oh, I really don't know how I would do with those types of things. Yeah, I don't want to get too graphic, but let's just say that Aaron does not deal well with sick of this variety. Yeah, and, yeah. And turns out that in the heat of the moment, your gut instincts just take over and you will deal with whatever you need to deal with one way or the other. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and plus, you know, baby like infants. They they are sick constantly. Now it's a very different kind of sick because it's just milk, but they are sick constantly. Or at least our kids were. You're used to stuff that you might not. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember before we had Declan, I th I said to Aaron once. I vividly remember this. I said there is no possible way I would ever go to work with you know leftover sick you know dried up sick on my shirt, and that lasted like a week. And then I was like, whatever, here I am. Sorry, everyone. Um, but again, it's very different with babies. Badge of honor. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's very different with babies to be here. Well, anyway, so we were up all night with Declan. This is Sunday leading into Monday. And then, of course, we were up all night. Well, not all night, but we were up late um, last night because the game didn't end until midnight. But I wanted to bring up this whole sick kiddo thing because, you know, Declan had never had this kind of sick in his four and a half years of life. And it is indescribably frustrating and devastating to hear a little person who does understand but doesn't understand say i don't like this at all this is not my favorite this is this is this is really not fun this is not my favorite that's the cutest thing in the world oh my god i'm dying yeah and it is cute but the worst one though was when declan was in the midst of being sick and he looked at us and he said in tears i just want to be done Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously tearing up just reflecting and remembering oh. that moment because there is nothing that a parent can do at that point. You know, there's no. nothing you can do. You can just say, well, we said was buddy, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry, but you just kind of have to let it go and don't fight it. And you just kind of have to let it, let it happen and it'll stop in a minute. And just that, that utter just devastation in his voice mm. and that in, in the, in the sadness, I just want to be done. And oh my God, it, it just, it absolutely murdered me. And, yeah, man, and, that's and tough. it's, it's, I, I, I don't like talking about parenting that much because everyone has an opinion about it and you know, everyone else is always wrong. Um, and also, you know, you aren't, yet apparent and so there's only but so much you can relate to but this one man this one was one of those moments that i will just i i will never forget and oh it was terrible and i felt so bad for him now happily you know so yesterday he just kind of loafed around the house all day which was fine um and he was 
he, you know, he was on and off both. He was either very tired or actively complaining of being, you know, of feeling bad. But today it's like a different human woke up in his bed. He seems right as rain, which is very, very good. But great. Uh, so I'm very happy. It seems like it was just a 24 hour bug or something like that. But looking at me crying, saying, I just want to be done was just awful. And, and I just share it because I feel like that's a, a very, a very good, like small encapsulation or like case study on what it's like to be a parent. And then this particular one happens to be sad. I mean, obviously there's so much about being a parent that's tremendous, but, but this particular one was like, this is the moment that you can't really get prepared for and that you, mm -hmm. and there, there's really no good solution to it. Right. You know, you just have to say, you, know, you just have to, all of you just have to wait it out. Even I have to wait it out at that point in Aaron. And so, oh, it was just so tough and I felt so bad for him, but, ah, it's all right. Well, I'm pleased to hear that they're feeling a bit better. Yeah, so it seems like everyone's hopefully on the mend at this point, but we'll see what happens. Um, earlier, you had made mention, Mike, that that Adina was going to go to the gym, but it's like mid-ish day, late afternoon for you. Is, why is Adina going to the gym in like the middle of the day? Well, she's not. She'll be going in the evening. Ah, okay. It was an interesting route to to get to this part, but like that 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 stuff hasn't changed because she would always go to the gym in the evening after work anyway, a few times a week. But, uh, you know, my wife has, um, she's left her job. Uh, she's taking an extended sabbatical. We don't know uh, how long it will last and if it will ever re mean a return to work. We're just not sure yet. But she uh, kind of uh, announced it, uh, as you would such a thing, with a really nice illustration that she did, which I will put in the show notes because I think it's really cool. And it also does a good job of kind of explaining her feelings, which is effectively... She's done with advertising for a bit. She needs a break from advertising. She's worked in advertising for many years, and that industry, that industry will take everything you have to give it. Mm -hmm. um, it is cutthroat, and it is these 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 advertising agencies will bleed you dry of everything you have uh, as a creative person for not a lot in return. Um, that's kind of my feeling on, on that industry, having worked kind of in and around it and seen people work in it for a long time and sabbaticals. So basically a sabbatical is a long term period of unpaid leave. Right. Um, and sometimes you can arrange a sabbatical with a company. So like Adina actually did this when we got married. So she took like a month um, and then you go back to work. But this isn't typical in that she has actually resigned from her company. So but it's treating it like a personal sabbatical, effectively. Um, at some point in the future, I'd actually like her to tell some of this stuff herself. Um, but maybe we could revisit that a little bit later down the line as she's kind of like working out her flow mm -hmm. of like being a, a, a kind of a self-employed person. And so right now, um, Adina is just finding what it is she wants to do with her life and uh, luckily I run my own business and do require assistance in a bunch of areas. So she's going to be able to help me with some stuff. Sure. Which is, it's just going to be for me really, as opposed to relay FM, if that makes sense. I have like a bunch of things going on in my life, like projects that I'm working on and she's going to help me out with some of like, especially some of the logistical stuff of that, which would be great. But we're not, um, right now, like working together directly. We have some creative projects that we'd like to explore together, which we're kind of like toying around with a little bit. Um, but then she also has stuff she wants to do on her own. So like when we met, she was an illustrator. She's like taking an illustration course. 
and that because that was how she kind of started off in advertising in creative where she ended up moving into like the planning and strategy sector as time went on but i've always used to love the, her illustrations that she used to do um, of different things and she was when we met she was actually taking an illustration course and over time she kind of fell out of love with it but this has been something that's been calling to her and, and I thought it was really nice to see that she created something um, to kind of sum up where she is in her life right now. Yeah. So she's going to start picking that up again. Um, and, you know, the piano is still a big part of her life and she wants to spend some serious time getting better at that. So there's a bunch of stuff that she wants to do. Luckily, we are in a position financially where we're able to do this. So please support our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and please. memberships and, and all that stuff. But thank you to all of our listeners who helped make this a possibility in our lives. Um, so, yeah, she's just going to spend some time working out what it is she wants to do next. Uh, and, you know, like at the same time, as we are considering hopefully starting a family in the future and like working out where all of that fits into this. And um, But this is basically going to give her some time, I think, to kind of establish who she wants to be in the next phase of her life. So... I feel very fortunate that we're in a position where we can do it. And I'm very proud of her for identifying in her life that she had this thing that she needed to do and then having the courage to take a leap like this. So I'm very proud of her. I think it's it's a not an easy thing to do to like leave a part of you behind. Um but I think I think that she's uh I think that she's done a very cool thing and I'm really pleased. That's that's super awesome, and I'm I'm super stoked for. Her. Obviously, you know, I was aware of this being forthcoming and then happening, um, and and that's why I didn't freak out when you had said something a moment ago. But I am freaking out in the best possible way. Uh, this is a huge deal for for her and for you guys as a as a family unit. You know, even mm -hmm. just even if it's only ever just the two of you, that's still you as a family unit. And this is still a huge deal for you guys, and it's going to change a lot. Like mm -hmm. we need we need to work out how we spend more time together, I guess. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. And, and I think this is it, to my eyes, this is the best possible time to do it because this gives her a chance to, as you had said earlier, figure out kind of who she is and who she wants to be in advance of, if you guys decide that one of the things you want to be as parents, you know, then mm -hmm. this gives Adina some time to, to figure out who Adina is. And I feel like that implies that she doesn't already know. Hopefully you understand the, the spirit with which I say that. No, but it, it, no, because that is part of what it is. Like she, she wants to know, like she wants to get back, I think in, in, in touch with what she cares most about because having gone through like buying a house, planning a wedding and like really focusing on a career like that it may have skewed a little bit over time and like everybody changes and i think that as she's gotten older she's there's a bunch of things that she's changed in and she wants to work out the things that she cares most about and again like I, i'm very much i'm aware i'm talking for her i actually asked her if it was okay but at some point in the future i, I think to kind of combine this plus like what what she, what basically if we go down the, the route here in the way that me and you did of like talking about oh well now i'm self-employed this is what i've learned about myself i think it might be fun to have her on the show at some point to talk about that in the same way that me and you have over the course of the history of this show too yeah 100 percent. i mean as far as i'm concerned she and aaron both have standing invites that if they ever have something they want to get off their chests then, then they're welcome this is an open forum yeah. yeah i did ask her today if she wanted to be on but like 
it was not enough notice for her in that sense, right? Because like this is not a thing that she's used to doing. Yeah, totally. No, I, but uh, you know, I'm sure she will listen to this at some point, and I am, I am, I and echo provide your... notes if, if she hasn't got her ear to the door right now. I don't know what the situation is <laughs> like in our home at the moment. <laughs> but no, I am extremely proud of her and of you guys, but particularly mm-hmm. of Adina, and and that is extremely cool. And it's it's such a wonderful time to do something dumb. And I mean that in the best possible way that, you know, anytime you leave your job, that is risky and that has potential consequences. And, and to do that now, I think is a tremendously smart decision. I agree with you. It reminds me of when I quit, right? Where it was like, okay, this is like the perfect time. I don't, I live with my family still, right? Like, there were just like a bunch of things where it's like, I can try this now without too much effect to yeah. anyone other than me. So maybe I should just do it. Yep. So that's kind of where we are, right? Yep. No, I'm, I'm super excited for you guys. And that, that's really, really great news. And I, I would love to, to have her on either with you and me, or, you know, if you wanted it to be just the two of you or, or something, you know, just to, to kind of hear. No, if anything, I think it would be like either the three of us or you and her. Yeah. I'm, I'm game either way. And, and I think also at some point, if I can convince Aaron to do it, I think it would be interesting to hear Aaron's take on my migration from working stiff to different working <laughs> stiff, you know. But I like that idea of like you have an opinion of yourself, but what is Aaron? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I wish I'll change my mind. I wish you'd go back <laughs> Send to work back. and leave me alone. Send him back. <laughs> it very well could be. No, I kid. But, um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to work that out for some time in the future. But no, congratulations to Adina. That's extremely good, extremely good news. And uh, it will help both of our families tremendously if all of you listeners who are so kind with your time and with your money, if, if you uh, really do uh, take a listen to the sponsors. Sponsors like ExpressVPN. They're supporting this week's episode, thankfully. Uh, we can all hold <laughs> our hands up and admit that cybercrime is something that we think happens to other people because who wants your data? Well, the bad news is stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers could be vulnerable. But there's something that you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals, and that is using ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click, and then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I just spent an entire weekend in a hotel. Turned on ExpressVPN as soon as I got there. It was great because I had that peace of mind that things were nice and safe and secure. Um, but also there was stuff where, like if I needed to be able to access a website that is geo-restricted, then ExpressVPN will let me do that because you can choose where you want your IP address to appear from. So that's just like a really useful thing that I like. I also like that they have a feature in their app, which is like it it finds like I think it's called like smart location where the app is telling you like based on where you are, we recommend that you connect to this location because that's going to be the fastest speeds that you're going to get. Um, so I like that too. Like it's like, it just, it just makes it easy for me to do. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash analog to learn more and protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash analog. That is expressvpn.com slash analog for three months free of one year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Can I give you a quick update? I'm proud of something. Yeah, please. I've lost 35 pounds. 
I, you know, I swear, this is going to sound disingenuous now. I swear to God, when, when you linked to Adina's story, you know, I went and logged into uh, Instagram so mm-hmm. I could see it because I'd seen it before, but I wanted to ref- refer back to what you had, uh, wh- what specifically you were looking at. And the first picture that popped up was a picture that Tiff, as we recorded, just posted uh, of y- the three, you, you, her and uh, Brad sitting on a bench. And I swore to myself, wow, it looks like Mike lost weight, but of course I'm not going to ask you on the air. And I was like, well, I don't know. It's so hard to tell. I can only really see your face, but, and, and, you know, it's covered with fur, but nevertheless, you looked thinner to me and I wanted to say something, but, uh, during recording is not the right time. And you, I, I just know it's always scary to say that even if it's something that's implicitly complimentary, you never want to get that wrong. You know, well, I so, could be ill for, you know, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? No, that's- truly. But yeah, I have lost a bunch of weight. Um, That's awesome. And it's just, I think I mentioned it on this show at some point because I've been doing this since November. Um, and yeah, but now like I'm at a number that sounds good and I feel like I can really see it on myself. And having seen a bunch of people that I haven't seen for a few months over the last weekend, more people have said stuff to me than, than previous because it's like people in my life know and they say like, oh yeah, like I can see it. But then when you haven't seen someone for like five or six months and you show up and you're 35 pounds lighter, it's like, okay, something I can see it on him. Um, I am doing a heavily modified version of the diet that killed Marco. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Marco. I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. You look amazing and you're going to be fine. You're going to be totally fine. Oh man, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I but so basically what they did is like a modified version of keto and I'm doing a modified version of that. But my biggest thing is I actually eat less. So I don't snack very much. I think one of their bigger problems was like snacking on meats and cheese too much, which I just don't do. Um, I, I do sometimes eat a little bit of cheese, but it's not really much more than I was eating before the diet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite snacks is uh, roasted peas. Interesting. There's this company we found that like we found a bag of these peas in a hotel room, not like just randomly, like just oh, it's a bag of peas. <laughs> um, but it was like a like a like a kind of like a treat, like a mini bar type treat thing. Mm-hmm. And they are it's a, the brand that I've been eating is a brand called Brave, and they do a bunch of different flavors like. Salt or paprika have some sweet flavors, um, and they're just peas that are roasted. But basically, that is just like a bag of protein, right? Hmm. And I've been I eat like maybe one of these bags every day, probably at some point. Um, and yeah, but my biggest thing is I uh, I don't eat sugar and carbs. You know, obviously there's stuff in that. But you know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. eat like purely sugar or purely carb things on weekdays. Uh, on weekends, I eat pretty much whatever I want, and effectively, all I'm doing is I'm eating more vegetables and just limiting the, my kind of overall calorie intake um, instead of uh, then like replacing it with something else. Um, and that has that's got me to where I am. It was really hard to start. It's not been that bad now. I'm pretty much used to it. Uh, and I'm, I reckon just over halfway of where what I want to lose. I, I reckon maybe another 20, 25 pounds, and then I'll be where I want to be. That's incredible. No, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing you in June. I almost wish you didn't say something, because uh, I think I told this story on ATP recently, but when I saw Marco in October, it was like I saw a different human. And, I, and again, that implies that he was right, like... but my hope, though, is the next time you see me, I will be even more than now. Mm-hmm. So 
I think it's really now is when it's started to show a lot. Um, they got to a point like I was doing it for months and couldn't see it, and then like about maybe a month or two month ago or something, I was like, "Oh, okay, I can see this." Yeah, well, that's super awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I want to finish off today's episode by resp- well, the last kind of section of today's show by answering some questions from a listener, Chris, who doesn't have Twitter. They don't have a Twitter account. So they've got a bunch of Relay Your Feels and they've been accumulating them and they've just sent them to us. So there's a lot of them and a bunch of them are really good questions. So I want to see if we can try and get through these. So first question from Chris is, what advice do you have for someone traveling internationally for the first time? Hmm, I'm actually curious to hear your answer, but um, I should have looked at these beforehand and amassed some answers. I did not. I'm coming to this raw or uh, fresh. Uh, you know, I would say uh, get out of your comfort zone as best you can. And that can mean many different things to many different people. But one of the things that I think is most magical and interesting about traveling internationally is appreciating, if not understanding, that different parts of the world work in very, very different ways. And I'm trying to think of a specific example, like especially around the UK, and it's hard because I don't think the UK is that wildly dissimilar from America, but nevertheless, just being exposed to even everyday life somewhere else is interesting. So what can that mean? That can mean just going to a regular restaurant or even if it's a little bit of a tourist trap, but I'm thinking of the, the fish and chips place you sent me to, whose name I don't remember. Like to some degree, I think they're a little bit tourist trappy, but they're also regular restaurants that, I mean, you tell me that regular Brits do go to, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of that fish and chip place again? Is it poppies? Yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah. that's right. Because it's like it's like a um, small chain, but like you would go there for lunch. Exactly. Yep. And we went for lunch, coincidentally, and it seemed like there were business people there as well as tourists there. Um, but just being outside of your comfort zone, however you define it, I think is really, really important. And that's the thing that I the, the thing that lasts the most that I take away from international travel, you know. So like in the heat of the moment, I might say, Oh my gosh, you know, uh the Houses of Parliament are incredible, or oh my gosh, going on the um, the London Eye was such an incredible experience. But the thing that the the ripple effect of the trip is just seeing how other people live and understanding that Americans, especially, are really opinionated and tend to think that we're the best at everything, but we're not. And there are other ways of accomplishing things that are okay and that, that in some ways are better. And it's just seeing that, uh, that other way of living, I think, is, is the most valuable. And, and understanding that there are people who have very different lived experiences than you is the most valuable thing. And, that, and however you can figure out a way to get that, get that. I think that is excellent advice. The only other thing that I would suggest is um, don't be scared of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, too. Mm-hmm. It can be pretty intimidating, and I understand that, but like, if you can try and go into it being as relaxed as possible and just focusing on the fun stuff, you'll have more fun. You'll be less scared. Yeah, and uh, especially if you go to a country that has, I'm not a linguist, but I would call it like a a Latin-derived language, so somewhere that speaks uh, Spanish or Portuguese or something like that. I'm thinking like Mm -hmm. in contrast to like 
uh, Greece or Russia or something like that, usually it, one can piece together, you know, what signage means and things like that. And Google Translate has an unreal, I think it's called Google Translate. Once when I last used it, it was called WordLens and it was not owned by Google, but it, you can take your iPhone and and use this app to it's point. So good. It's amazing. You point the iPhone at like, let's say a menu um, uh, at a restaurant and it will translate the words it finds in the image that your phone is capturing live and translate it right then and there. It's and unbelievable. It's, it's, we actually used it this morning. Like Adina bought me, like it was like a little uh, kind of joke gift, but like a, an actual thing. I've been trying to, we're trying to get into like Asian food and like making Asian food ourselves. And I'm still trying to learn how to use chopsticks properly. And she bought me like this um, from like a Japanese market here in, in London, uh, like a kid's set because they, it has like these like little rubber sections, which will spring the chopsticks yep, 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 open yep, yep, again. Yep. yep. Right. Mm -hmm. So she bought me one of those, but the instructions were in Japanese and she was using Google Translate, the camera on Google Translate to read the instructions. Yeah. It, it's absolutely unreal. And I think it's free. I do think it might require data. I don't know. Look into it one way or that. It doesn't matter. Look into it, but it's incredible. You can download a language and then you don't need the data anymore. There you go. Perfect. So uh, I couldn't recommend it enough. And it makes a world of difference. It's not a great translation, but it's enough to get you over the hump. Yeah, it would be enough to get you through, especially with food, especially yep. with food. Yep. Uh, how do you react when someone spells your name wrong? I've gotten used to it. Uh, I get Chris a lot, both verbally and written. Uh, I, just recently, I just recently, I just recently, that's got, really weird. I don't know. It's a C. It's a C. A more yeah, common. But like C that's name. where it ends. It ends with C. Uh, yeah, I right? guess. Like, I don't none know. of the next letters are anything like Chris. That's so strange. There's S's, but yeah, I take your point. And yeah, I agree. but like the S isn't in the same place, <laughs> right? Yeah, I totally hear you. But I get Chris a lot. Uh, I actually got Carrie uh, via email uh, recently. That one I can see though, right? Because that's one letter wrong. That could have just been a mistype. It very well could have been a typo. You're exactly right. Uh, but normally I don't mind my strategy for this. And I actually employ the strategy or try to employ the strategy Anytime I meet someone for the first time is I'll try to, in a non-awkward way, name drop myself, which sounds super awkward. But what I mean is, you, you know, a third person. Yeah, Isn't I'll use a third think? person. Yeah. So oh, like, God. no, no, but hear me out. So instead of saying like, oh, yeah, and then Aaron told me the other day, oh, you should do this. Yeah, I'll say something like, oh, Aaron told me the other day, hey, Casey, you should. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, okay, that's saying? good. Like, so, Casey's hungry. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Casey feels the following. Now, um, <laughs> Bob Dole thinks. Now, uh, the, so yeah, so if I can figure out a way to casually name drop myself a few times in conversation that doesn't sound super weird and awkward, I know that on, if I'm on the receiving end of that, it helps tremendously. And so I try to do that for people and try to help them out. But uh, in general, uh, I... I don't really mind and I'll try to somehow correct people in a similar way. So I, I, it's a very unusual for me to be like, no, my name's not Chris. It's Casey. Instead, I'll just be like, oh, and then Aaron, my wife said to me, Hey Casey, you know, you know and, and try to mm -hmm. kind of like implicitly correct them because I'm non-confrontational and a big baby. What about you? I mean, I spell a traditional name in a way that is untraditional. So like, I get Mike with an I a bunch and mostly don't care about it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, sometimes I really get the impression that people are doing it to be an idiot. That annoys me, but I mostly overlook it because it's stupidly childish. <laughs> Do you use any text replacements on iOS? And if so, what are your most used ones? I use a bunch. 
I use a bunch because I wished Text Expander could work everywhere, but it doesn't. Um, so when I'm on iOS, there's a couple that I need. So some of them is like uh, Thanks Man is one that I use a bunch, uh, or Thank You is the one that I use a bunch, or My Address is one that I use. All of my show names, like so, basically, I've taken a bunch of my like Text Expander snippets and recreated them into the iOS text replacements. Yeah, uh, I wrote a post on this on my blog. Hey, uh, a long, long time ago. That is, it, to be honest, it's actually out of date at this point. But, um, but it gets the broad strokes done, and basically, I have a ton of them that mostly relate to emoji. Not all of them, but the overwhelming majority relate to emoji. So, like, uh, I I like to prefix these with em for emoji. So, um. I'm trying to think of it. Well, the first one that I can think of is not very kind, but E-M-F-U is the middle finger emoji. Um, oh, yeah, look at this. I found it. Like your little cheat sheet. Yeah. yeah. And again, th- that's very out of date. But I have some other ones like five stars, all one word, does like five colored in stars. And then four stars, all one word, does four colored in stars, one outline of a star. You see what I'm saying? And so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, so there's there's a ton. Um, but I... I generally use them around emoji. The one thing that I can say, the the one tip I have with regard to text replacement, if you're going to choose only one, is come up with some shortcut. I used EML that is your email. My email is not that long, but it's long enough that it's annoying to type. So EML is my email. And then when I was when I had a different work email, WEML for work email would enter in my work email. I should do that. I don't have one. That's a good idea. I can't believe I don't do that. Because it's like even just logging in to stuff. Exactly. It saves so much time and I cannot Mm. recommend it enough. Would you rather be fluent in Japanese or sign language? Sign language. Why? Although it's very tough. Um, Somewhat selfishly, somewhat not. So a girl that I dated for a while in college... Um, she, her family kept in the house, like they were there, they were a woman's caretaker and this woman was not part of the family, but that was like part of what they did for a living. And this woman, um, could not speak. She could speak sign language, but she couldn't speak verbally. And so I picked up over the course of the time that I was with the the woman I was seeing, uh, I picked up some basic, 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 basic sign language. And it was extremely cool to be able to talk with with the person that that was you know that was under their care even just barely even just by spelling stuff it was very rewarding being able to talk with with her and then what ended up happening was on occasion my then girlfriend and I would be like across a room for each other and would want to say something to each other but rather than shouting it you could just like spell it or right. or use yeah. like the basics of sign language that I knew in order to get the point across and that was extremely helpful. And additionally, like we taught both Michaela and Declan a handful of very basic signs, milk, more, please. Um, I'm trying to think of what else food, uh, just so they could somewhat try to affect what we're doing for them. And that's been extremely helpful. Uh, but also I just can't imagine how unbelievably uncomfortable and frustrating it would be to be a person who could not communicate except via sign language and how frustrating that would be and how amazing it would be to run into somebody that you didn't expect that would be able to understand it. And even though I think knowing Japanese would be extremely cool, um, for a lot of different reasons, I think it would, I, if I had to choose, I would choose sign language. What would you say? 
Whilst I agree with everything that you said, I'm going to be really selfish and say that I will want to be fluent in Japanese because uh, I am becoming increasingly interested in Japanese culture and really want to go to Japan. And I know I would be much more confident if I could speak Japanese. So that's that. It's a selfish answer, but I would like to, to be able to do that. So, How do you feel about the board game Monopoly? <laughs> that's a funny. It's a funny question. This actually came up for me. So we went to a bar with my brother and his fiance, and we were thinking about playing a board game and we were going to play Trivial Pursuit. But they didn't have Trivial Pursuit in the board game selection that day. I don't know why. And Monopoly was there. And my brother was like, do you want to play Monopoly? And I instinctively said, no, I do not want to play Monopoly. And the reason I don't, there are two reasons I don't want to play Monopoly. One, I want us to all remain friends. And two, I don't <laughs> want to be here for nine hours. Because those are the two things that happen with Monopoly. So... I am ambivalent about Monopoly. Uh, Plus, I am, the rules of Monopoly are bananas, and they're so hard to keep track of because you only need some of them at certain points, and the game is so long, and then everyone has their own house rules for Monopoly. That's true. Now, my understanding, I think it was Marco that actually brought this to my attention. My understanding is if you play Monopoly as the rules are written, where if you don't, like if you land on a property and do not buy it, then you, or you're supposed to immediately auction it and blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it's a very weird way of doing it, but my understanding is it actually makes the game go very quickly. Right, and this is the problem, right? Like, this is the house rules add complexity, and then no one knows how to play it, and then it's like, that's one of the frustrating things about Monopoly. Uh, so I, I can take or leave Monopoly. I'm kind of whatever about it. Erin, however, grew up in a family that loved to play Monopoly, and she hates it. Or at least, last I had heard, she felt exactly the same way about Monopoly as you do. That she doesn't care for it, would almost never choose to play it, would probably actively avoid it if at all possible, and it's just not her thing. You know what is her thing? Uh, is it, though? <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> does, is. Does Erin really like Pingdom? You have no idea how much. Interesting. While you've been listening to the show, how would you know if your website had gone down? How would you know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access the blog post that you've written? You might stumble across it by luck, but oh, my website's down or I have an email or a tweet. But that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you when everything is running smoothly on your site and maybe more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment that your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. It's super smart. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or your entire team. They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor and then they'll take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site site breaking start monitoring your site today by going to pingdom.com slash relay fm you can get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required and then when you sign up use the code analog at checkout to get an amazing 30 percent of your first invoice our thanks to pingdom for their support of this show and all of relay fm all right continuing with the questions and i have no answer to this one and i think you as a brit are uniquely well equipped to answer it mike when you drink tea do you use loose leaf tea or tea bags it depends on the tea. So like I, I will do either. It doesn't bother me either way. But I have some teas that I really enjoy that I can only get in loose leaf. So then I will just use a little strainer and go with it that way. Um, but stuff like a simple tea, like a peppermint tea, uh, or like just a, like an English breakfast tea, I have no problem doing it in a tea bag. But I have a, my favorite tea um, is Countess Grey, uh, which is from Fortnum and Mason. So it's Earl Grey with like orange and bergamot in it. 
Um, actually, I think Earl Grey is bergamot, but it has orange in it. Uh, I had it. I I took my mum to uh, Fontenot Mason for Christmas a couple of years ago, I think, and we also went there. Uh, that was where we had our like meeting of the family yeah, the day was, before the wedding. That's what I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm. And that was like where that, it was at that point that me and Adina split. Right, that was from the day from until the wedding morning. Right, it was mm. from that mm. from that meal. And this is my favorite tea. I bought uh, a tin of it, and and I have it every now and then at home um, when I want caffeine, but I'm don't want more milk. Basically, that's what I'll do. I'll have some lovely Countess Grey. It's a beautiful tea uh, that I recommend. You can get it in in tea bags, but I just have a like two hundred and fifty gram tin of it, uh, and, and so it's easy to brew. I have a little simple strainer. We get a little teapot. We have a nice Fontenot Mason teapot that was a wedding gift. Oh. Uh, so, but yeah, so um, that is my favorite tea and I haven't loose leaf, but I'll do either. Casey, maybe you have an answer for this one because I couldn't think. So I'm going to see, which is something that you used to make fun of your parents doing that you now catch yourself doing. I'm going to have to think about this and come back to it like another episode because I know that there are probably hundreds of things that apply here. You have to start noting them, right? Like, I know one thing, which is super simple, is that, like, my mom is a warrior and I am too. But it's not like a, that's not like a fun thing. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm realizing how I'm becoming like my parents, but, but like my mom. I definitely know that there's tons of stuff that, that I do. And I feel like I will do something. Maybe it's like, sitting in a certain way or saying a certain thing. And I can think to myself, wow, I feel like my dad right now. Like I almost like I, I, it's hard to describe, but I almost feel as though I am like living his exact same lived experience. Maybe it's the way I'm sitting that my dad, like my dad would always lay down, uh, in on the floor sometimes like in, when we were just like lounging around in a certain way with his arms in a certain way, his dad and his legs in a certain way. And I could just feel like, Oh, I, this is exactly what my dad feels like when he lays down like this. And that's silly. That's not really what, what Chris was going after, but there are definitely times that I feel like I am, I am very much the product of my parents, even in ways I wish I wasn't. Um, but man, off the top of my head, I can't think of any, I'll have to try to keep track of them and and maybe we can revisit this in a future episode and see if we can come up with some stuff because it's a great question. I just can't think for the life of me of a good answer. I think it takes a lot of introspection and monitoring of yourself to, to really get it, which would last longer. Mike hosting a podcast about programming or Casey hosting a podcast about pens. This is easy, right? Okay. Well, tell me why I would do better hosting a, programming show than you would a pen show why because programming has more of an overlap with many more of my general interests than pen does pens do with yours i agree with you overall um my initial reaction was actually that i would do better with pens and the reason i was going to say that interesting yeah the reason i was going to say that is i feel like i appreciate i very ignorantly appreciate a decent pen uh, I don't understand what makes a pen good or bad, but like, you know, I, I really enjoy the studio neat Mark one. Um, I had the, uh, pilot precise V five. That was my preferred pen for years. And I've tried many other pens over the years. Again, all cheap, all unremarkable, but I've tried many others. I always came back to the, to the pilot up until the studio neat pen. I think the problem that I would run into with regard to pens, and this is actually also true of fancy watches as, as well. Um, 
is that my, or at least my perception anyway, and this is even more true of watches, is that it's prohibitively expensive to be really, really interested in this sort of stuff. And that would be what would make me tap mm -hmm. out too quickly. You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas you could make an argument that podcasting is, or excuse me, that programming is free. And just, which is mostly true. Whereas being a pen or watch aficionado, I think requires some non-zero amount. As somebody of, who just returned from the Atlanta pen show, yeah. I can agree with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. If you started going bald, would you accept it? Or would you do everything in your power to keep your hair? As I've gotten older, I've noticed that as I wash my face in the shower... My hands have crept further and further up my forehead each passing year. <laughs> it, take, it takes a little bit longer to wash my face every yeah, day. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what a wonderful way to find that information out. Like, I think that's so beautiful, right? Like, oh, I realize I have a receding hairline because there's more face to wash. Yep, exactly. Uh, and also, one time and one time only, uh, I was at a hair cutter. And they decided to shave with the razor the insides of my ears, which was unexpected on so many levels. I cannot even tell you. Oh, <laughs> but, no. You should never do that to somebody without asking them. Yes. Well, they may it's have. It's very important to get consent when it comes yeah, to ear trimming. They may have. Uh, I don't recall. But uh, what are you going to say? No, at that point? Because, I mean, oh, I guess I need that. I didn't know that that was something I needed. But anyway, um, I, I like to think that I would just embrace it and either, you know, just roll with it or just, you know, shave my head at some point. I don't know that I actually would. But... No, I'd, I'd let it go, man. If it starts to happen to me, it's all coming off. Yeah. And you, and you would like bick your head. Does that translate to, to shave your head? Uh, I would probably just like buzz it like Steven does, like keep a little bit, but go super short. Um, because with a beard, that's a strong look anyway. That's true. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, Steven's got this right now big beard, super shaved head, like, super, like, cut hair, like, really short. It looks amazing. It's like, I would just go for it, right? Like, the, it, Marco has a good look, too, right? Like, that's the look I would go for. Because mm -hmm. I think that it's a great look if you have a beard, right, to go super short anyway. Which is why I always shave the sides of my head super short. Because uh, I, I think the contrast is good. Uh, but no, I, I wouldn't keep it. I am pretty lucky. My uh, my granddad had a forehead of hair. My dad is like 57 and he's just started going gray. So like, I think I probably have pretty good. I have no gray hair. Never found a gray hair on my head. I find gray hairs in my beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. But I've never found a gray hair on my head. Yeah, my temples are starting to go relatively gray, which is interesting because my dad is not Silver very gray. Fox. Yeah, mm -hmm. something like that. My dad is not very gray you at all. You would look really good gray because you have quite like sharp like features, right? I think it would look very distinguished. No, oh, thank you. I think I would just be another Craig Federighi, like almost identical. Well, but look how great he looks, though. Well, I'm not arguing, but he, he has better hair than me, but you get the point. Well, yeah, I mean, he has better hair than everyone. <laughs> That's where the name comes from. Exactly right. Uh, but anyway, uh, I have definitely started going gray. Um, my dad's dad, who passed away a couple of years ago, was bald from like age 20, like Marco style. Um, my mom's dad has very, very thin hair, but only a little bit gray. And then my dad is not at all gray, but his hair has gotten fairly thin over the years. Um, not to the point that I think it's like, dude, you know, <laughs> move on. It's not like that or anything, but it's definitely thin. Um, so I'm not sure what my world is going to look like uh, in, in the future, but I would like to think that Aaron would love me enough to say, honey, it's time. And then just get out the razor and <laughs> just go to town. 
I'm under no illusion that Adina would just would would even tell me or just do it to me in my sleep. Like <laughs> I cannot imagine her abiding by uh, me trying to hold on. Uh, and the last question is: Have you considered bringing back Analog Viewing Club? I've missed it since you finished Firefly. You know, I would love to, but the problem with it is, is to do any normal TV show is like hundreds of episodes. I think I'd spoken on this show. It's too much. It's a show it's a show of its own, Yeah, right? Like the, the reason Firefly worked is because there were only X amount of episodes. That's the, That was why it was so perfect. And that is the problem with doing something else, right? Mm-hmm. So Firefly was just like the perfect thing. Remember we tried the computer science thing and that just did not work for me. Um, so I, I, I would love to, but I don't, I cannot consider a candidate, uh, that would work as well as Firefly did. And that's kind of the problem with it. Yeah. I mean, if we found a mini series that would work, um, Mm -hmm. and as an example of this, ah, shoot, what was the name of the series? Um, but Jason Snell had recommended like a six episode, I think it was mini series about, uh, kind of the dawn and, and especially burst of the dot-com bubble valley of the boom there you go um i actually didn't think it was that great which is why i wouldn't recommend it but it is a six episode you know six hour you know, one, right, but one that, that's like the exact kind of thing right like that's it yeah that's what we need to find is something like that but in lieu of that we have mike at the movies and to round out the episode i will remind you that ronin r-o-n-i-n from 1998 is the Mike at the Movies homework assignment for next week.